0: It makes your day-to-day easier and gives you the freedom to focus on what really matters, your future.
1: Grow your business without the grind in Slack. Visit slack.com to get started.
0: Ask us one thing.
1: Ask us one question (laughs) and we will talk about it for 48 minutes.
0: That's kind of our problem and the genius of the show all at once. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the show. This is Brave New Work, a podcast about reinventing our organizations and the search for a more adaptive and human way of working. I'm Erin Dignan, and I'm joined by my floral co-host, Rodney Evans. Hey, everyone. On today's episode, we're going to do another AUA, Ask Us Anything. But before we answer your questions, let's answer one of our own.
1: Let's do a check-in round. (laughs) Some days I'm very inspired, and some days I'm not today was a not day so here's a question from Aaron which is if you could change anything about yourself what would you change oh wow it's deep you go first give me a second
0: yeah it is deep I feel like I need like a physical answer and a and a like mental or spiritual answer you know yeah otherwise it feels like the genie's wishes like I'm not sure that I can choose. You can
1: have three things. I don't know. Uh, Exactly.
0: (laughs) Now we've just turned it into the the genie's lamp question. (laughs) I'm just kidding. (laughs) Yeah. So I think for me, physically, I wish I had one of those metabolisms that like your one friend has where they can just Mm. eat whatever they want and it doesn't matter. Mm -hmm. That would be so fun. And I know sometimes they hate it, but I'm just like, I don't know. Grass looks pretty green from here. Yeah. So I'm going with that. And then mentally, I wish I had more like social memory and social intelligence. Like I forget what's going on with people or or I'm unaware of what's going on with people sometimes in a way where I don't feel great about it, but I just, it's like how my brain works and I'm in my own world. So I wish I was the person that was like, I know whose birthday it is today. And I know that, you know, someone is off on this trip with this person and I know their spouse's name and there's a beautiful like social conscientiousness that I wish I had a better grasp on.
1: You know, it's so funny. I hmm. literally wrote down, I feel like you and I have like the opposite superpower. Because <laughs> remember the night that we were at a dinner and I told you everyone's partner's yes.
0: name? Yes. Yes.
1: At the ready at the time. I was like, yeah, it was fun. I have that thing very strongly. And what I wrote down that I wish I could change be- myself is remembering things I read. Yeah. Mm. Which I feel like you are like have such a superpower around (laughs) because like I just I have retention in very specific ways and in other things that I want to learn about like history or politics it just like washes over me like water and I will read the same thing so many times and I just can't. I just can't keep it in my brain. It just falls well, out.
0: Just add it to the list of hilarious things that we are opposite on. Yeah. And it's so funny. Yeah. I mean, yeah. we can lean on each other at least.
1: Thank goodness. I know. I'll, read, I'll tell you. I'll read stuff for names you. And you can yeah. tell me how Congress works. Sure. <laughs>
0: I can imagine us at like a very fancy cocktail party and you're whispering in my ear like that's the that's the senator's mistress you know and I'm like and he's just worked on this new nuclear bill and
1: you're like here's Um, what a senator is
0: yeah exactly (laughs) (laughs) that's great
1: oh it's really fun
0: Uh, okay so today we're doing an AUA hopefully all the questions will be that hilarious so let's go to the old mailbox and see what's there. And for our newer listeners, and we know that a few hundred of you join us every couple of weeks or so, we we do this AUA stuff every so often, ask us anything. So if you have questions and you want answers, shoot us a note to podcast at the ready.com. And with that said, Rodney, why don't you pick the first one out of the basket?
1: Okay. The first question I'm going to ask to you, mm. and then maybe I'll pile on. We'll see. What is the difference between what we do, which we might call org design or change? What's the difference between what we do, agile, and digital transformation? Can you just Mm. describe to people how you would draw lines?
0: Yeah, that's interesting. It's especially funny for me because I did do almost a decade of work in digital transformation. So there's a lot of alignment there. And I found my way to this, frankly, because my learning was, it's not really about the thing, it's about the change. And so I think when you look at agile transformation or digital transformation or any, like, fill in the keyword here, change in an organization or a culture, it's just a flavor of the same thing. It's, a, it's an emphasis or a focus, but the activity that goes on inside it, if it is successful, is going to look really similar. The principles and the practices around that thing have to change the operating system to make it more agile or make it more digital or make it more human or make it more whatever the hell you want. So I don't think there are massive differences in what good change looks like in all three of those areas. It's just a question of aperture and, and focus. I do think there are versions of bad change in every corner of you know, agile and digital, et cetera, where people are trying to do it top down and they're trying to do it you know with a Gantt chart and all the things that we talk about in the book and on this show. So that's my take is like, it's all just flavors. We're chefs. And, and if you want French toast, then it's French toast, but it's still, it's still about the basics of, of cooking in my mind. I don't know. What would you add or change?
1: I I think one of the biggest differences to me is in most agile and digital transformations that I have seen, there is a prescribed outcome Mm. that the how is meant to deliver. Mm -hmm. And I would say that our take on change is using a different kind of how to get whatever you want. So if what you want is to become a DAO, or if what you want is to become self-managed, or if what you want is to try a completely new compensation structure, we will help you with the how of getting there. We have opinions on where you should head based on what's people positive and complexity conscious. But I feel like in, in both of the other schools that I've seen, it it is more about like, this is, you know, the mile marker that we're trying to hit. Right.
0: The A to B. Um,
1: And, and I think the other thing, and like, this has been evolving a little bit, I feel like internally and on Twitter too. I am kind of interested in us getting away from talking about ourselves in a transformational way Mm. because ultimately the way that we work inside the ready and the way that we are hoping clients work and helping them to work is just about like operating properly. Yeah. It's like, it's like you have to change in order to get to a place where you can continually evolve,
0: but ultimately
1: continuous evolution is just good operations. And so I do feel like there's this mental model sometimes out there where it's like, that is similar to digital or agile transformation. That's like, oh, we're on this journey and the journey has an end or it doesn't have an end or whatever, but we're (laughs) on a journey. And to me, it's like, no, we're just like running a company, but we're just going to run a company in a better and different way.
0: Right. In a continuously adaptive way. And and it is funny because like, when you look at systems that do just learn and change all the time, it's very rare that someone would look at something and be like, that's like, you'd never look at like a 10 year old and be like, he's in transformation right now. That
1: forest is really transforming right now.
0: (laughs) Yeah. It's like, no, it just is doing what it do, what it does, you know, and that's what it it does. It's Um, doing what it do. (laughs) I also see that there was a sub question here from this listener about how do we better communicate that this thing isn't about technology or projects are saving money. So do you have thoughts about that?
1: Yeah. I mean, I I talk a lot about containers and contents. And to me, running an organization in a way that is more purposeful and more evolutionary is about having containers that function and serve the system. And the things that go in those containers are things like technology-specific content-driven projects or financial goals or or changes. And so I think, again, to me, it's about like, do we have practices that are evolutionary? Do we have practices that help us sense and respond in a decentralized way to what's going on for us? Great. What do those practices need to be applied to? And that might be trying a new tech stack, or it might be shaving 5% out of OpEx, it can then it can be whatever we can like dump whatever we want into the Tupperware.
0: Yeah, I love that. And I do think it's the first question I always ask when people are pushing digital transformation or agile transformation or anything is you don't actually want digital, do you? You want there's some other outcome that you actually want Mm. when you say digital, right? Who cares whether it's digital or analog? What I actually want is I want speed, or I want relevance, or I want to be able to like, have these things continually get better over time or there's some reason behind the reason. And so Mm -hmm. if you can just identify what that is, then let's have the conversation about that. So when you say you want agility, what you really mean is you want to be able to respond to the market better as it changes. Okay, cool. Mm -hmm. What kinds of principles and practices would lead us to respond to the market better as it changes? Let's play that game. And then everything's fine. So I think that would be my my take on that.
1: That's cool. All right. I'm going to ask you the next one. Again okay I'm just gonna okay. ask the questions ask us anything it's just me asking you questions <laughs> that people submit today <laughs> you like you day. like
0: me to open you like me to open the
1: I do the conversation. that's our that's our cadence is you like break the seal you like break the crack ice. the shell of the egg and then I cook it there we go that's it that's how we make omelets
0: you turn it into okay. a t-shirt slogan
1: that's right <laughs> that's really where I come in okay. I feel like this is a good one for you though because of how much you talk to big audiences. So what symptoms typically prompt organizational leaders to seek transformation of this kind?
0: What I notice is that the the symptoms that they're suffering from are really about inaction and they're about some sense of like soulful craving for a better experience, a more meaningful experience. So you kind of see two buckets of reaction. One is like, we are just stuck. We are not moving fast enough. We're not deciding fast enough. There's too much waste. There's too much inaction and waste in the system. And eventually it just reaches a fever pitch. And then the person is like, we gotta, we gotta do something because we're not going to be successful like this. Or, or at a minimum, it's driving me crazy. And then the second bucket is, is the like more personal part, which is, which is almost always there as well, which is about meaning and about, connection to purpose and about work as a human being. And and there's a little bit of a like point of sadness where they've reached that point in their career where they do have all the trappings of success, but the day-to-day lived reality of working in a bureaucracy is just wearing on them. And so there does come a point where they're like, I don't care if I get fired. I don't care if the whole place burns down. We've got to do something different. Right. Yeah. So those are the two patterns I see the most, but maybe you can either expand on those or, or add, the third way.
1: I can't. I'm out of third ways today. I, I <laughs> I've really never heard of such a feel, thing. I know. You win. Um, I really feel like because the ways we work and the ways that we teach people to work do feel non-intuitive sometimes or non-traditional sometimes or – maybe even unproven to people when they first start to wade into new ways of working. I often do feel like the precursor to your point is people just be like, fuck, we've tried everything. I'm out of ideas. (laughs) And, And honestly, those are my favorite kinds of projects to start is when they're like, we had McKinsey in to do strategy. And then we had like BCG in to do a target operating model and then we had like an we had a safe transformation because we couldn't deliver against the plan and they're like we we give up you guys <laughs> you take a swing at it and I'm like this is a great time for you guys yeah. to try something that historically yes. you would have had enough ego to reject but now sure. your ego is like exhausted and you're just like I don't know just tell me just tell me what to do
0: Yeah, is the dress blue or is it black? I don't know. Like, (laughs) you tell me.
1: And so I do feel like, you know, that's like an extreme way to describe that. But I feel like a lot of the conversations that I have with people who get into the work quickly are people who are like, we've kind of tried the things that are considered to be best practice in terms of changing our organization. And we haven't gotten what we want. And so like, fuck it, let's try something else.
0: I don't like to lose a deal, but I do love to say... To someone, just don't forget to call me when when you hit that next moment of realization. I can't you know? tell me how,
1: you know, how many times I've said that. I'm yeah, like, it's like it, when I'll you paid here. a million dollars for a PowerPoint deck from McKinsey, and you're right back here. Give me, give me a bus.
0: Give us the ring because we'll be talk there. it through. I'll and it there. is funny in in so many of those situations. I know this is not more of an AUA episode, but I can't resist. The Just, yarn who here. Who
1: cares? It's our podcast. Um,
0: <laughs> and do whatever we want. The there is something to the fact that, like, almost all of the things that they have tried, air quotes, are, are about doing to others, delivering the PowerPoint, delivering the recommendations, making the mandates, doing, you know, pushing all this stuff on people. They it's very, very rare that they have tried asking people what to do or what they're willing to try or to try something that isn't fully prescriptive. Yeah. And so it's it is funny that 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 actually is the killer app here. It's not about some particular technique. Yes, we have ways of working that we really like and that work well. But actually, to me, the part is that that is wild. Is like, have you just asked? <laughs> have you just invited? Have you just involved? The, those things tend to be the the like third rail that that they never touch because it's know. too scary. And then you know suddenly, when they do, it's like it works.
1: So frustrating. I'm seeing this in two places right now, so I have recency bias.
0: Mm. You know, what's mm-hmm. so
1: frustrating though, is when mm. a leader or a group knows like they know that it's that the way that they're working isn't working. Mm-hmm. Everyone is like deeply frustrated and really exhausted. and they have like a vision for something better, but they just like can't start, yeah, because they just want to like, Do a few more rounds on what the starting point is or like they're worried about not having the right people or about capacity or about something else. And I'm just like, oh, this is why you are where you are. You're never going to get out of here. Like you're never going to get out of this room if you keep wandering around this room being like, where are the doors? And it's like, oh, yeah, please walk through the door. Just walk through it and then we'll be we'll get out of this room.
0: I mean, I am 100% that guy because I'll be like, "Yeah, I'm going to start pushups tomorrow once I've had another night's sleep." You know, like it's always yeah. it, there's always some change that you're punting on because the reality is you don't want to do it or yeah. there's some resistance, right? But you're giving an, you're giving an excuse, right? When once we hire the person, then once
1: we ha- right, then we'll do it totally. I mean, Sneed I'm need that other
0: episode to- by the way. We'll put it in the show notes.
1: I'm just today waiting into. Sensama and moving shit over mm-hmm. and like i delayed because you know it's like clearing out a storage unit like i knew <laughs> yeah, i was gonna have to deal with all my stuff and then yeah. i was gonna have to learn stuff and it was gonna be frustrating and yeah ooh, and like it took me a while
0: yeah i get it i get it
1: but you can't just keep being like why am i in so many different tools there's this tool that would help me i cannot make time for it because i'm in all these tools you can't just do that forever
0: Well, and that is, that to me was the most profound part of the conscious leadership learning experience was the part where it was just like saying out loud that you're committed to your miserable reality. Yeah. Is such a, is such a like a turning point moment, I think, in your story where it's like, I'm committed to being this way, like whole body committed. And that's what's really going on. And when that shifts, then I can do something else. But right now I am 100% committed to this situation and I'm making it happen. That is like, that's the big, that's the big get out. Okay. I have one for you from the bag.
1: Uh, All right.
0: This is from Aki. They say, I remember a newsletter of yours where you mentioned the reflex of snapping back into old patterns of work as soon as the first challenges appear. And they've seen that themselves. What are your Rodney, pro tips on how to prevent the snapback when shit gets hard. When the Mm -hmm. going gets tough.
1: When the going gets tough. Yeah. So I feel like there are a couple of things. One is there's a really nice liberating structures exercise that I like Mm. to do called Triz
0: if yeah. people haven't
1: seen it and it, it's really fun to do at the beginning of a project because it is about sabotage and it's about how we are likely to sabotage <laughs> and how you know we're going to bring our old ways of being into a new context and get the same thing we've always gotten but but if you didn't bring it into the experiment cuz you were all like fresh faced and full-hearted and thinking it was going to be a new day it's never too late. It's never too late to to run an exercise like that, which you can find on the Liberating Structures website, and just be like, what have we done in the past to sabotage ourselves? What are we doing now that looks like that? What might we do instead? And I think that can be really valuable, one. Another thing is just in terms of a team dynamic you know a lot of times these snapbacks are coping mechanisms or avoidance mechanisms from one person but i think we can hold ourselves accountable as a team using something like a weekly habit review like if we know that we have a tendency to for example not do yes. the pre-reading before we come to the meeting like we can make yep. a habit review question that's like did you read the shit before the meeting and then we each have to say yes or no at the beginning and we can just you know bring to the forefront the thing that we're trying to do differently. And then I also think that, you know, this is where a feedback-rich environment and psych safety can be very helpful. Like, I know I've been in situations on projects where particularly I know what my Like, I know the ways in which I break bad on a project when things aren't going well or when it's like tough sledding or when I feel like i leaning out or whatever. And I definitely had project partners where I'm like, here's the thing I do. (laughs) When I'm stressed out, I might not see it in myself. I am inviting you now to tell me if you see me doing this thing and slipping into this pattern. And it sort of takes a lot of the like electricity out of it when you're inviting someone and being like, I'm aware of this. Thing about myself, I don't love it. It's a terrible experience for me and other people around me when I do this shit. So please tell me, please tell me if you see it. So, like, those are just a few ideas for noticing, curtailing, group accountability, etc.
0: Yes. Would you add nothing? I would plus one the last thing. I've been sort of playing around with uh, a catchphrase for this in my head, and and, and I'm sort of calling it like safe words, say words which is like giving the team the language to notice when we're retreating, when we're freaking out and we're like gripping. So maybe that's pineapple and we say pineapple when that's happening. And then as soon as somebody calls bullshit like that, we have to be vulnerable. We have to talk and say words about like what is going on in my head and in my lower brain, because actually just saying out loud, I'm freaking out right now because I think we're going to fail and I think yeah. that when we fail, my identity will crumble and then I will die <laughs> is like actually quite relieving, right? Because then everyone else hears it. And, it then, is. and then everyone else can be like, no, 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 like we see the same thing. And and there can be like collective and collaborative problem solving around it. But when we just posture and we just go in with the scalpel and start doing things, it feels like we're in control and we're in charge. And then everyone else is essentially not involved emotionally or cognitively. So, so yeah, I think what you said in, in that number two there is, is my favorite thing, which is let's have a, a thing we can call out when we lose the plot. And when that happens, let's all commit to like going to vulnerability as quickly as possible and just being in the shit together and realizing that we are in it together and then, you know, steer from there. So yeah, that's all I have is that plus Wait, can one. can I say one so- more
1: thing about this? Cause that yeah. brought something else up for me. You, of course. I also think, you know, give yourself a break. Mhm. Cuz like to your point, if you're at a place, you know, the the question was when challenges appear, not when yep. everything is going swimmingly, <laughs> swimmingly well. And it's like most of us who are adults working in the world have cultivated quite a few coping mechanisms in yes. our in our time to keep ourselves safe or or keep ourselves from harm or keep our egos intact or whatever. And so like you're not always going to stay flexible and curious (laughs) and self-aware when shit hits the fan. And like, that's what being a human being is. And so uh, to me, it's sort of like, you know, have you ever, I don't know this about you. Have you ever like studied or practiced meditation?
0: I mean, I have, I have read books on meditation and tried to meditate, but I am not someone that has made a habit out of it. That's for sure.
1: Okay. So like, you know, a lot of meditation Teachers will will say to you, the most important thing in meditating is when you when you are off the object to just bring yourself back just to redirect, rather than yeah. narrating that you lost the object. Right.
0: And blaming so, like, yourself. And yeah.
1: Exactly. Getting into like, I'm terrible at meditating. Like I should, you know, just, just give up. Turn
0: your attention whatever. to the breath. Just
1: you just come back. Like, just yeah. come back. And I think this is a similar practice, like mm-hmm. when we are sort of like hooked by the situation and we do default to proven but ultimately maladaptive behaviors, the move is just to be like, I see what I did there and I'm coming back rather than digging far into self-flagellation because it's not really that helpful.
0: Yes. And you have now given me another idea. So I'm going to go one more round on this one. Let's do it. Which is there are certain activities in the world where commitment matters a lot. Mm. And so like, as an example, downhill skiing, backcountry, super tough terrain, you need to have your knees forward and you're in it to win it. And it's there's no like room for I'm 80% in, if you want to be surviving and you want to get to the bottom in one piece, you kind of have to go for it. And there's a little bit of that, like lean forward aggression that's necessary. I find that with the best and most impressive leaders in, in our world, our space, all those stories they tend to do that when the shit gets really rough. They, even if they do mm. temporarily maybe lose the plot or, or retreat to, to bad behavior, there is such a feverish commitment to the principles that they're yeah. kind of willing to crash to enforce them. And so they really lean in, and that's when you see these amazing stories come out where it's like, oh, yeah, instead of you know firing people or laying people off, they just stood up on a soapbox and told the entire factory, we need to cut 20% of the costs. And does anybody have any ideas? And imagine how much like downhill commitment that is like that is leaning all the way ahead in the boots, right? Yeah. You were at the edge of employment law and a bunch of other problems in that moment. And then you're in or you're out. So I do think uh, definitely being gentle with ourselves and returning to the breath, but also if you're really, really going to do this, really, really do it. Like really, really make the decision that I'm going to, I'm going to lean forward when, when, when the terrain gets rocky, because I believe that it's the right thing to do. And I believe that it will ultimately, will get where we need to go. And a lot of that, like a lot of that optimism and commitment comes through non-verbally to the team. And it it results in like a different kind of problem solving and a different kind of way of showing up.
1: Yeah. And... To anchor back to this question that we're never going to stop answering. Exactly. It was specifically about experimentation. So I also think to your point about staying committed and staying leaned in, if you can't do that in the moment where it feels like rough sledding, what about the experiment is not actually an experiment? Yeah. Because if it wasn't a safe to try experiment and we we're going to backtrack at the first sign of danger, mm-hmm. then like maybe it's too big or maybe it's too... Yeah, dangerous or maybe it's whatever like if it's really an experiment we should be able to stay on the hill and see it through
0: i love that i think that is well said and this is not ask us anything this is ask us one thing
1: ask us one thing (laughs) and we'll make a whole episode no i'm gonna ask you something
0: yeah let's do another one
1: we're gonna start with you because you are an actual parent of a human i'm a parent of a of two dogs and they yes you are are very demanding (laughs) Um, Okay. This question is, what is your take on the special needs of parents at work? I feel like while private life obviously changes fundamentally when one starts a family, the framework at work roughly stays the same in most companies. There are good benefits covering periods of leave, but I feel like not a lot of thought goes into the question of how day-to-day life changes when becoming a parent.
0: Mm, yeah, and major plus 1000 in a pandemic period as well, where yeah, now right. we're all living with our families 24 seven while we work. So this was true before that it was especially true over the last couple of years. And now we're in some weird hybrid in between. My sense is that, you know, parenting is one kind of life circumstance change. There are many, right? You could you could have a, a family member who's ill, you could have a, you know, need to go get additional education, you could have Someone else that you need to care, like there's a million ways that you could have attention pulled away from work or or complexity in your work life. So I do think this does boil back down to the reality that we need to be designing work, not in a one size fits all way, but in a way where we are asking people to make commitments and honor them. And Mm. so if I'm a parent, I might make a different kind of commitment, a different amount of commitment than someone else. And then all the other agreements that go along with that are going to play out. So I might be able to make commitments where I can get my job done and make the same amount of money as everyone else. That's fine. I might need to leave early on Friday. I might take Wednesdays off. Like all those things are possible. So to me, the important part here is not that we have a suite of parent specific practices but that we have organizations where individuals make commitments and make agreements, and they are able to make them reasonable. Because the reality is, for sure, when you're dealing with young humans, there's a lot more complexity in the day to day experience, you know. And I know that because some days I don't have a young human here, and I feel the difference. So I think it's just, uh, and that's that's the same. I mean, to your point, it's the same with a young pet. It's the same with you know someone who's who's unwell, a, a sick partner, like. That we need flexibility. And I think that's been a big theme on the show is building in the trust and safety and and agreement space for people to be flexible and show up the way they need to show up when they need to show up. So that's kind of my my two cents on that. I think if if this, you know, listener has specific policy questions, maybe in a next episode we could get into like how would the ready approach or how would murmur approach one of those areas? But Yeah, I think for now, just design for design for flexibility, trust people. And if you are the person doing something a little different or using that flexibility, only make commitments you can keep and keep the commitments that you make. And if you can't, then signal early and often.
1: Yeah, plus one. (laughs) Also, I think maybe potentially it's not really provocative, but spicy, light spice, maybe don't love to hear.
0: Mild spice.
1: They're like. Obviously, I agree with you in terms of flexibility. And I have seen many teams in my life where (laughs) the flexibility afforded parents is very intuitive. Mm. And as a child-free person by choice, I have had the experience of it being like, well, Alicia has to leave at 545 and someone has to stay. So it should be you.
0: Right, right. And
1: and look, I'm not saying I'm an American hero because I didn't have kids, <laughs> but I am saying I didn't have kids because there were things I cared about too. Mm-hmm. And so I think to your point, like to me, it's not about just flexibility for parents, but also recognizing that there are those life circumstances and others you mentioned that come up in all of our lives. And then also... Even absent obligation or a responsibility or something else outside of work, there are people who have things they want outside of work yeah, and just should straight also up priorities. be able to design for those things. Totally. And I and I sometimes and I feel like a little bit like uh, nervous even bringing that up, but sometimes mm. it feels like that is not a priority when there is someone on the team that has a kid.
0: Right. Well, and to um, me, that's just. It's just intellectually dishonest. Like we, we as a culture play a game with, with peopling the earth, basically, where we're like, this is important.
1: It's the most important (laughs) thing you can do.
0: Yeah. yeah. And, and, and I, and I think, you know, there's, there's an aspect of that that's true in the sense that like, as a species, we need to continue. And there's an aspect of that where we like really lean into that in a way that feels disingenuous to all the other needs and priorities that people have in their lives and the different life stages that they're in. And I think the thing that I definitely don't care for that you just described is when we assume and displace responsibility to people that we have decided have fewer priorities or have different priorities or who don't need to meet their own priorities. And that is obviously bullshit and ridiculous. So I don't think you should feel the least bit nervous about saying that because I'll say it with you as a parent. You know, people, again, like, did you make a commitment to cover for Sally? No, so fuck that.
1: Right. Like I didn't have a baby.
0: Yeah, exactly. Exactly. (laughs) And so, you know, if, if both of you need to leave at 545, then that's the business we're running.
1: Exactly. Right. And like, let's run that business. Yeah. Like let's, let's be kind in including priorities that humans have, you know, not only designing for one type of family or one type of lifestyle.
0: Yeah, and I'm sure we have team members that are prioritizing getting that Skrilla. And so guess what? You can stay late and make more money. (laughs) There's there's a way for everyone to get what they want if we design correctly.
1: Uh, Designing for everyone seems like a pretty great place to draw things to a close today.
0: Yes, let's design for getting done with this podcast before our next meeting. If you like what you're hearing, a review would mean a lot to us. It would mean a lot to our mothers. You can forward this show to your friends. You can forward this show to your boss. You can forward this show to that candidate that's thinking about joining your company to give them a flavor of how you like to go about the business of creating and designing work.
1: We will finish, as we always do, with thanking our friend and editor, Taylor Marvin, for making us sound good. Brave New Work is produced by The Ready, where we help organizations around the world change the way they work. You can get in touch with us and ask us questions, and maybe we'll get to them next time, by emailing podcast at theready.com. As for you, thank you so much for listening. Now go change something.